You moved in 2014? That does not sound right to me. Because wait, because how can that be? You were at Cinespia, I, I want to say, like three years ago. No, no, no. I mean, it, uh, I was in, uh, I was, uh, uh, the last time I worked there was like, like probably like June or maybe like early July of 2014. Because I, I ran, I was like, I was like completely out of money. <laughs> and I, are you recording also? Or do we need to? Uh, yeah, no, I'm recording. Oh, okay. Oh, no worries. Cool. Uh, no, the, I record the, the, everything you say, by the way. Oh, okay, so. cool. Right on. Great. Um, all right. We'll just wait till we get to me being in the alt rights. Can't wait to get canceled. Um, like yeah, um, wait till the third act of the podcast to get canceled. Right, yeah. We're gonna air the full thing. We gotta hit okay, our time. For sure, yeah. Wait till Drew's whole pro cop diatribe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. Um, like uh no no, I uh uh because I was living in a closet in Burbank and I was completely out of money and I was like basically like the only money I was really making. Wait, I'm gonna slow you down because I'm interested in this. So yeah. you were living in a closet in Burbank. I've had somebody live in my closet, by the way. Oh really? Um yeah. <laughs> so Where are I you get now? that. I'm in Los Angeles, I'm in Los Feliz. When I had someone living in a closet, though, it was a friend of mine that was a drug addict in Tucson. Mm -hmm. And we were all splitting time with having him stay with us, but he was stealing from us. And we knew it, but he was also a friend and a drug addict. So we, and I was like, he came to my house one day and I was like, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, all right, I don't want to put you on the street, but I'm going to be honest, I don't trust you. So I'm going to make you sleep in the closet. So that way, if you get out of the closet in the middle of the night, it wakes me up. Mm -hmm. Like I talked him through why he was going to live in the closet and he was okay with it. And I bought him like a toothbrush and some soap and stuff. Cause you know, he was stinky. Um, yeah, that's not, I mean, that's, that's nice of you. That's honestly like, that's a pretty square deal. Like, and also, I mean, if you're an addict, you really can't control. I mean, like you can, but it's like very difficult to control like those. It's I know all lizard, I was, it's all lizard brain. I felt bad about it though. Cause it was like, I didn't want to be like, Hey, I'm going to treat you like a pet, you know, like but at the same time, <laughs> it was also like, the boundaries with you are going to be really high mm -hmm. because you're, I'm not the first house you went to. So I know that there's like going to be a record of all these things. And so like, I really had to sit there and think, and I was like, how can I do this to the point that I'm comfortable having him in that, the place? Cause I also would rather him be here than out there just sleeping out in the, on the dirt on the ground. 100%. But you were renting this closet, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a closet in the back of like, uh, like a guest house in Burbank in just this like total shitty trap house. Cause like I was- How much were you paying? Th uh, 450 a month. It's so great, that's too high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> well, especially cause when I, when I moved back to Minnesota, I got a really, I got a pretty square deal on like a large, I got like the biggest bedroom in a three bedroom apartment and I was paying 350 a month. And exactly. Had, yeah, and I had like a parking space and we were like right next to like a- market. I was renting out a couch in Santa Monica for six, Hundred a month, I want to say. Yeah, I don't remember if it was six hundred or six fifty. But it was just a couch in a living room, and um, there was no nothing enclosed off. It was like you didn't know that there was two people living there until like after a while you go, "Hey, where's the second bedroom?" <laughs> you know, because like people like knew that like I was living there, and mm -hmm. like they would come over and hang out, and then they would ask, and you're like, "Oh no, no, I sleep on the couch." Uh, yeah. After everyone goes to bed, yeah. and so. When I moved back to Arizona after that, I paid three hundred dollars for uh, Jesus. for a room in an apartment, and you're yeah. like, "This is crazy." Yeah, this, I have no reason to live in, in LA. I mean, I like I live. I moved back here in 2017, so I'm back in Los Angeles. I live in Culver City now, but uh, 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 but yeah, but I, I was living, but before, and I have a, and we live in a, I, I have a fiance, and we have a one bedroom, and, and which is mm -hmm. very nice. So so things are better, but um, 
I'm gonna the, need to see her nudes. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the uh, link to you. the to the OnlyFans. <laughs> um, do you uh, know? Just give me your Dropbox password. I'll right, just go in when I want. No big deal. No big deal. Yeah, I don't want to cross any boundaries by having you send them to me directly. Of course. Well, I'll just screen share later on. And we can, you know, we can we can talk about it on the pod. Perfect. Um, yeah. Who knows? Pod. So you're back in Col- in Culver City now. Yeah, 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 yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was a weird. It's been a weird ride since I last saw you because I was. Uh, yeah, no, because I met you on the spiral down. I don't remember if you reached out to me or I just knew that you were in shambles because be. for some reason it was like, we got to get Drew a job. I don't remember if you reached out and asked for a job or someone just told me you needed a job. Oh, that's very nice. I think I was, pro- I probably reached out to you at that point because like it's because you got me on Synespia, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was me. Yeah, that was, yeah, thank you. That was so much fun. I loved that job. That was great. It was yeah, no, and I, I think had. that I reached out to you about that. I feel like someone told me and I was like, hey, do you want a job? So like it wasn't crazy intrusive. I don't feel like it was like, hey, I really need something. No, no, no. I mean, I was like, I mean, I, you know, I'm a, I mean, I'm a, you know, a, I'm a white kid from like a privileged family. I mean, like my dad owns a boat. Like I didn't have to be like living in a closet, like not eating, mm-hmm. you know, but one meal a day. Like I mean, I, I made that choice, but like um, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, but, but these I, are all like the choices people make that commonly in stand up, and we mm-hmm. hear about it. But I wanted to talk to you, like really, because I, like, I knew that you had gone from that to moving to Minnesota. And mm-hmm. I knew that you had become a writer in the last couple of years. I didn't know if it was still in Minnesota or Los Angeles. Sure. Um, so I'm, I kind of am curious about this whole journey of life after giving up stand-up, but not giving up comedy. <laughs> right. Which is totally the difference. Yeah. Because people get confused and they find a hard time letting go of a thing when they're living in a condition they hate. And they just are like, oh, no, but I have to do this because I want to write a movie. And you're like, but you're not writing a movie. You're yeah. going to open mics and telling everyone that you're afraid of trans people. Right. Know, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I was, uh, I mean, I was, uh, yeah, when I left... Um, LA, yeah, I mean, I was like, uh, I mean, and also, I mean, again, living in that closet was a solution I had because I was living at the place where I worked. Uh, like, I was technically homeless for a I've done that too. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a bad deal. I mean, I like, I was a manager and I had keys. And so I just slept on like the couch and like the, in like the restaurant, like the dining area. And then I would take a shower in the dish sink. Did the owner uh, know? Then, uh, no, no. I mean, if he okay. did, he was nice about it, but like, it was just, but I stood there for a month. And I the owner with- I did that with knew, and I did the same thing. I like had a fold out bed that I would hide before people got in sure. and I would shower. And um, yeah, I lived there for a couple months. Jesus. Yeah. You survive. I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. the whole thing I do is it's all people who just like are survivors, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, when I moved back to Minnesota, it was supposed to only be for a couple of months. Cause I had a lead on working two unpaid internships and then that's an SBA thing. And I had to, mm-hmm. I was like running out of my savings uh, and I was like on my last, like my bank account had like, f- like $50 in it, which I think was from the Synespia job. <laughs> and so I remember I was, uh, I, yeah. And so I, uh, I asked my, uh, I, I told my, or I called my mom or whatever that weekend. And I was like, oh, I really think I should probably just like come home and like sublet my little closet, which to be fair, I made like pretty nice. Like it was, I, I, I had like drywalled uh, and there was like a loft bed situation. Like I painted and stuff. Like I hung up some art. Like I put in a little. I hate the idea that you have to sublet your apart your, your closet. Right. Like, well, I never... I, if I move out of this closet, I got to find someone to replace me. Well, it was a uh, it was a thing where like I I wanted him to have it because he agreed to like let me move back in in like three months time because I was going to go home for the summer mm-hmm. and work a job in Minnesota because I couldn't find anything in LA because I just wasn't really qualified for anything. I never, like, and the summer was three years. 
Yeah, turns out it was a three-year summer. Yeah, like okay. um, uh, uh, no. So I called. Well, I mean, I called my uh, mom and I was like, I think I should move home. And she was like, Okay, okay. And the next day, I called her back and I was like, You know what? I think I'm gonna try it. And she's like, Well, I already bought a plane ticket to come get you. So, so my mom came and like picked me up from LA. Like it was like a bad <laughs> sleepover, <laughs> which is really funny to me. But like, but I was so I was so fucking miserable. wait. So when your mom lands mm-hmm. and she picks you up and she's like, Get out of that closet, Drew. You come <laughs> with me. Where did she take you to eat? Did you guys go straight to the like the airport? Or was it like, no, we're gonna feed you, baby? Oh no 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 no, no she carry you. No she so she got a little hotel room outside of Burbank, and then she basically stayed one night, and then so she came for an evening, uh, and then we went and had drinks at it's like the Fox Room or, the, or something. It's like it's on it's okay. in the Valley. It's like a little bar, uh, but uh, but I uh, invited a few people to come, like say hey goodbye for now, uh-huh. um, and then. Uh, and she was there, and so we all had, you know, some drinks and some laughs. And then the next morning, uh, we packed up my belongings, which was my computer. That was it. Um, and then we, and like my clothes. Uh, and that's always horrifying. Just throwing mm-hmm. in a little tidbit. I remember once I had a friend who was a comic move in with another friend that was also a comic yeah. improvisers. Okay. And when the guy moved in, he only had a backpack, and he like walked into his room with the backpack and like put it down. I was like, all right, I'm here. And we Are were just would... like, everything you own fits in a backpack. Yeah, I don't. This is gonna be a wild ride. I mean, that's cool. Like, that's a cool. I mean, it's very, it's very freeing to not have a lot of stuff, uh, uh, like that minimalistic thing. But also, it's like, are you a murderer? You know, like that's a little. Yeah, no, there is a certain amount where we have so little that we have to wonder mm-hmm. all the rest of the stuff. You going? Okay, where did you sleep last night? And what did you use throughout the course of the day yesterday? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, what are you, yeah, where are you getting your clothes from? Like, is this, yeah, what's what happening? is, <laughs> it's like, yeah, what, unless is it's like, like a... Felix the cat, where it's just endless things coming out I of the was backpack. Just, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, just like a feeling, God, throwback, fucking underrated cartoon. Um, uh, uh, no, so, so yes, in the next morning, we packed up my stuff and, uh, and drove back the three days to Minnesota. And I was super pissy the whole time, which is so shitty of me because she's doing me a huge favor. Uh, and then we got back to Minnesota and I, um, like, I, I absolutely sincerely wanted to die. Like, I just was like, I didn't have a job. Uh, I had some money put away. Or no, no, I didn't have any money. <laughs> I didn't have a job. Uh, I just drank a bunch of my parents' alcohol uh, and would, like, I'd go to, I'd, like, just play World of Warcraft and, like, go to bed at, like, three in the morning and wake up at noon. Um, and then uh, about two weeks after that, uh, after feeling, like, sorry for myself, uh, I went out job applying, I saw that this uh, theme park, Valley Fair, which is in uh, the Minnesota River Valley was hiring. It's like Minnesota's version of um, like Six Flags almost. It's owned by the people okay. who, do, who own Cedar Point. Or no, Cedar Fair. Yeah, it's Cedar Fair is the name of the place. Anyway. I don't know specifically, but I understand that there are companies that do lots of theme parks. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, I'd, uh, And we could get into it. I mean, I've got a lot of, I learned a lot about theme parks. Um, <laughs> But uh, I actually really love theme parks. That's just not the theme of this episode. Next time, next time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, we, but yeah, I went and applied, and I got a job there, and it was, uh, and it lasted all summer. Uh, and that, I mean, yeah. And so, but then halfway through, um, halfway through that job, on the way to work, my car's radiator exploded, and it. Uh, but I didn't catch it too late, so it like warped the engine block. So I now I just didn't have a car. Yeah. At all. Um, and so I was like, well, I guess I'm just not moving to LA for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. which was, I mean, which was like, you know, it was like, okay, well, I guess, uh, here I am. So honestly, you needed that. Yeah, I did. I hundred percent did. I mean, I was really, if you, if that car survived and you found a way to get back, to go back to that closet in a I year, think- you would have been in the exact same position, if not sooner. 
hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I needed to go back home to like get my shit together and also to like learn more about stand-up comedy. Cause like, uh, uh, I mean, cause you probably, you're from Arizona. Yeah. Did you start comedy in Arizona? No, not really. Okay. I actually, I did like a little bit. I tinkered in the scene minutely and mm. then immediately was like, people here don't learn how to do it. And so I moved to Los Angeles where they do. Mm-hmm. And now I go back and I go back like almost like revered. Like they're very nice to me and they give me spots very easily. Oh yeah, I love and, that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. But I, in no way can I give that scene the credit of cutting my teeth. I did the mistake of moving to Los Angeles. Not mm-hmm. because I was like, well, no, I'm going to be so famous so fast. I better just get here. As yeah. much as I was like, wait, this town's produced zero headliners. I need to go to a town that's produced headliners of some kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So like, it was just like that. It was like, all right. I would rather be on the bench at a college football team that goes to the national championship. Mm-hmm. So I can see what training professionally looks like mm-hmm. versus going to a college where I could start, but it's never sent someone to the pros. So I don't even yeah. know what it looks like to train for that. Totally. No, I know exactly what, I know exactly how you feel. Cause that was my thinking too. Cause I moved out here not having to stand up as an improv guy in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I moved out here and I was convinced I was going to be like the big shit famous ass guy. And then you get here and like, nobody gives a shit who you are. And also like, uh, uh, I'll, the, I'll give you this credit. You came out of the gate swinging, and everyone agreed you were funny, and we we're all so like, "Oh look, Drew's Drew's so good and so funny, effortlessly, right away," and didn't matter at all. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it was like I still got. I mean, I got. I absolutely ate shit, but I need. I absolutely needed to. Like it. it uh, no, but I, uh, but we absolutely. I enjoyed watching you. I thought you were funny from the immediate beginning, which I believe man. I saw you within the first month of you starting, and. From there, it was already like, yeah, Drew's great uh, at what he's doing, but I can't give him anything more than the open mic spots he's already getting. Like, there's... yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's what it's it it uh, uh, it turned out that um uh, or or what ended up being nice about living back in Minnesota was uh, so outside of an incredible experience working at that uh, 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 that theme park where I rode a roller coaster for the first time and like met a bunch of people who were working there from Europe. Weirdly, like like you wouldn't know this. Side story, the majority of employees working at Valley Fair in Minnesota are from uh, abroad. They are they are kid, people in their 20s who are from like Bulgaria and the Czech Republic and Russia and Jordan and like China and Japan and Australia. All right, another weird side story. Um, Please. <laughs> did they all live together? Uh, well, they all are legally obligated to live in a converted low security prison uh, next in a field next to Valley Fair. It was, it was very interesting. Yeah, it was a I once met somebody who uh, worked at a Starbucks I was working at on the promenade in Santa Monica. Oh, and sure. they, yeah, and they took me, like, we, you know, hit it off as friends and they took me back to their place. Like, you got to meet my roommates. They love you. And I went and it was a studio apartment with 12 people. It was a Russian girl and there was 12 other Russians living in that apartment. And they all just literally slept one person to the next person across the room like it was just when they would go to bed like a disney cartoon of snow white with no beds on the floor just a bunch of like a barracks bags yeah that's amazing barracks that's so funny and they said that they all worked and sent all their money home because the american dollar was worth so much more there at the time it's like 20 years ago jesus christ that they uh and so they're like yeah yeah it cuts down to us we all pay like a hundred dollars a month to be here Mm -hmm. and we all make like something worth like a thousand dollars a month right but 
it all breaks down to like this. Like they explained the money to me, and I was like, "This is absolutely insane." All right, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Go ahead. That's like no, no, not at all, not at all. No, I mean it's that's. I mean it is wild because yeah, that was the case a lot with because even though the the a lot of these like Europeans were just getting absolutely fucked working at uh, Valley Fair. I mean they still sent money mm-hmm. home because it was like ah, it's still better than anything. It's just like this is bad. Anywho, uh, so it was it was uh, uh, so I ended up doing like I sent some emails around when I came back after I stopped being so sad, uh, and I started. Um, uh, uh, like just looking up like bookers or whatever, like who were in the Minneapolis area. Like I had one mm-hmm. friend that I knew from high school who uh, uh, was doing stand up uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, Robert Phones, nice guy. Um, he uh, uh, and he invited me to come do a show, and then I went to that show, and that's where I met my other friend Turner Barrelman, and he introduced me to uh, another friend, Colin Klug. Uh, and then we sort of, and then after like going to a bunch of different like shows. And like putting on like short little like one-off shows and then like uh uh and also like going to open mics um i sort of discovered that like minneapolis is an incredible comedy town like it's an insane comedy town because mm-hmm. actual yeah it's great like have you been there before no i just know a bunch of people who go there they always love going there and performing mm-hmm. and then it's also produced some really great comedians oh thanks yeah yeah i mean like well, maria bamford I- is amazing like I know I pointed my hand towards you, but I've met Maria Bamford when I did that. No, no I'm with you, of course. Absolutely, yeah. We all mean Maria Bamford generally. No, Maria Bamford. Maria Bamford uh, and like a Mary. Uh, Johnny Pemberton, even though he didn't really like start in Minneapolis, but he's mm-hmm. from Minnesota. Like, uh, uh, but yeah, oh, uh, uh, Mary Mack is great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, she's, she's wonderful. And her husband, Tim, is really cool too, Tim Harmston. Um, uh, and then, uh, 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 but yeah, so I, so I was so surprised because also one thing that I learned out here about open mics is that it's difficult because like a lot of the people who are watching or in the audience are comics and so you're kind of like learning how to write jokes for them and if you can get them to laugh like it's great it's like resistance training but like whereas in minnesota the people who are attending those shows are actually like they're out for the night and they want to go see some comedy so they'll go to an open mic so like if you Mm -hmm. go to the acme like if you go to acme comedy club's open mic um, uh, I mean, they only put up like 30 people who sign up, but mm-hmm. you're going to perform at, you're going to get stage time at Acme three, like anywhere from three to 10, depending on, you know, where you're at. Um, uh, you're going to perform in front of over 200 people uh, on a Monday, guaranteed. And it's, yeah. it's, and it's amazing because that room just like, I mean, it just echoes laughter or whatever, and like really makes it feel very intimate. So it's just, so you really learn like how to play to like an audience of, of normies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the case with all those open mics and the same with shows. So, so then, uh, so those guys, uh, Turner, Colin, and Phones kind of welcomed me into their fold. Uh, and then Turner and Colin started this comedy show, which was named after one of Turner's jokes called Boy Kisses. Uh, and then we started uh, Boy Kisses, which is a, which is a, uh, uh, or and then they invited me and Robert on as producers. And then we basically just ran this show for three years, uh, which was just a standard variety show. I mean, pretty much run just like, holy fuck or any of the things you'd say mm-hmm. here. But I mean, but since there was no alt comedy like show in Minneapolis at the time, we just went to a hipster neighborhood, well, you know, relatively hip neighborhood in Minneapolis, uh, set it up in a, uh, uh, a fucking board game store. Um, and yeah, and it actually ended up being pretty cool. We started doing sketches and like this time, the other thing. And, um, uh, it's, uh, and then I got my first like, uh, featuring gig, which was great. So I like learned how to do 30 minutes at a time, which was wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually where I met my fiance. Uh, she came to the first show that I featured for Michelle Balloon is the comp's name. She's out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Nice person. Um, super funny. Uh, but she came to that show and she, after the show, she sent me a message. She DM'd me on Facebook. She found my Facebook and uh-huh. DM'd me a tag on one of my jokes. 
I was like, oh, okay, like, great. <laughs> like, why are you talking to me? Because she was, mm-hmm. I mean, she's still, I mean, she's, she's very pretty and I'm an idiot. And so I was just like, why is this, what is, what is this like? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And then she asked me out on a date and then suddenly we've been dating for, well, we've been together for six years and, uh, uh, you know, we're supposed to get married with the coronavirus. Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, sounds so, about right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then with the boy kisses guys, we, I mean, after three years, it was in 27, spring of 2017. Um, you know, I was uh, living in Minneapolis uh, uh, and, you know, I was working a couple restaurant jobs and we were doing comedy and we were kind of thinking what the next thing is. Uh, and then Turner got accepted into Just for Laughs and he met a few industry folks and he was like, what if I like just move to LA? And I was like, well, I've already been to Los Angeles. Like, I think huh? it'd be fine. And I still had friends out here and they were like, oh yeah, I should move out. It's like, you'll do, you'll do have a much better time. And at that point, like I worked a couple jobs. Like I had learned how to like save uh-huh. money. Like I wasn't, you know, trying to kill myself with like drugs and alcohol all the time. I mean, I still drink, but you know, um, uh, and just kind of got my head on straight. Uh, and yeah, and moved back here in 2017. Uh, a friend let me stay on her couch for like two months. Uh, and then uh, uh, I, we got a little apartment and then Mary moved down that December uh, and I've been here for three years and now I'm uh, uh, we ran a comedy and a magic shot here for a little bit um, <laughs> guys. but then the coronavirus hit and so that you know it was at UCB sunset so that's completely like yeah that's not coming back yeah it's done for <laughs> like I'm like uh, within walking distance of there no shit really yeah oh wild um, uh, where do you live just in Hollywood I mean, I'm on a recording right now, so I'm not going to get too specific. Oh, right, of course, of course, obviously. Mm-hmm. Duh, right, 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 right. <laughs> right. I know, um, it slips some people's mind, but it never slips mine. Sure, absolutely. Well, we do so many Zoom calls, I never, I mean, I have no knowledge of, like, this feels exactly like every other meeting I've, I've had. I mean, it, it's more fun, obviously, you know, much more conversational. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, this is pretty conversational. Yeah. In fact, um, you could even call this a conversation. One could say, uh, almost like a podcast. Like, um, uh, but yeah, no. So so now. Uh, Wait. So yeah. did you do stand up that whole time? Are you still doing stand up? Uh, I kind of stopped mostly because I. Um, let's see. So when I when I first moved back here, I did a few shows, because uh, I had a lot of material. But then like, um, we'd been doing like sketch. We've been like the me and the other the guys from Boy Kids had been refocusing on making sketches, uh, and then uh, Turner and I got a job. Uh, writing for Westbrook, which is Will Smith's social media company. And we got awesome. That- I didn't realize he had one, but of course he does. Yeah, of course he does. I mean, of course, this is like, it's like his baby. It's wild. Um, but it was funny because we got there on like the ground floor. It was, it was totally something we fell kind of- Wait, uh, so are you involved in Will Smith's Instagram? No, 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 no. Uh, Turner is very much, but I mean, but I'm not, I mean, I, I, I come on every now and again, but- Well, but then it was borderline, weird- Turner's a genius. I don't know if- um... I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know where his involvement with begins or ends, Mm -hmm. but I definitely have looked at Will Smith's Instagram and been like, this is like a perfectly run Instagram. There's not a single not perfect thing on this. Mm -hmm. No, he's no, he's a senior producer over there, and he was there on like the ground floor. I mean, so was I, but like I, I um, uh, yeah. So when I first moved back here, whatever, I mean, I got a job busting tables at a restaurant, which sucked because it was so poorly managed. Uh, mm-hmm. and I hated it. I think they went under, still not going to name them just in case, but it was just the worst restaurant experience. Yeah, ever. isn't it crazy how everything that you know is the worst thing that's ever being run uh-huh. stays afloat? Yeah, I was so surprised. I was baffled because they wouldn't even let you request days off. Like you worked in restaurants, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like they wouldn't even, even if you, like I remember going to my manager months in advance and being like, hey, uh, you know, my girlfriend's moving down here and I need this day off 
to move her into the apartment and they yeah. were like and they were like we don't do we don't we don't do that and i was like what do you mean you don't do that she's like we just your schedule schedule you're trying to get somebody to cover it uh but what would happen is people would just call in sick <laughs> and yeah, then no exactly. one would cover it and then you'd be fucked and so it was just extremely hostile environment uh uh there was like the managers like checked your pockets to make sure you didn't have your phone on you during service and they make you lock your phone in like a cupboard uh during your shift um and it was just all and everyone was so dead-eyed it was fucking awful but the food was amazing but it was like oh it's great yeah. and also the kitchen staff was dope i mean but you know kitchen staff is always dope like they're, they're just like pirates like uh yeah well every kitchen i've ever worked in there's some sort of tight-knit thing that kind of mm-hmm. makes it worth it yeah. But everything else is like monstrously awful. Yeah. Absolutely. And we all like fight this monstrously awful thing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, is this just how business is done all over the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my fiance, by the way. This is Mary. Mary's yeah. Aaron. That's Hi, an Aaron. intruder. An intruder yeah, on the podcast. Not invited as a guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, hello. I'm, I guess I'm in your oh, home okay. too. Oh, that's fine. She can't hear you. He says hello. Oh, um, <laughs> I can't where my key is. oh no, you can take mine. Yeah. She's uh, going somewhere. Um, yeah, I thought it was weird that she was wearing a mask in the house with her fiance. Right, yeah, absolutely. But it's I don't know what you boundaries. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you never know. Maybe it's a kink. Um, no, it's we uh uh yeah, we'll see what else went there. Oh yeah, no, so anyway, so so then I got an uh, uh so while working at the restaurant job, I got an uh I got an internship. I was the only 30-year-old intern, not in a like not in college. I like uh I uh I pulled kind of like a weird trick with like uh registering for credits. Um, so I could qualify for this internship, but I got an internship at Lionsgate Games, uh, and then I just and then I turned that into like a, a longer term temp job there. But anyway, so then That's so great. then so yeah, so while I was working there, then I got you know then Turner. Jerry, uh, uh, sure, got to turn around. I'm oh, taking sorry. the cats still. You're gonna take they the cats. They need to train. Oh, okay, cool. All right, good luck. She's training the. She's taking the cats with her on this trip in the car because we're planning on as soon as like the numbers of coronavirus go down, we want to drive back to Minnesota since we're both working remotely. So she's trying to train them to be in a car uh, for three days without having a fucking uh, uh, shit fit. Okay, wait a second. So if you put a cat in a car, yes, correct. And then you start to drive. Does it just go ballistic, or does it just <laughs> hunker down in all fear? Um, uh, it kind of depends. Like we have cases, we, like, we have like carrying cases for them. And basically they just scream. Once they, when they get on the highway, they just start screaming because like, they're confused unless they can't see the windows and then they're fine. Um, but then, uh, uh, but last time we drove them down after three, like after the first day, they were pretty whatever about it. I mean, they're pretty chill yeah. cats. They're brothers. We adopted them when they were babies. Like they are very well adjusted. Um, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. But, um, uh, but yeah, anyway, so, so yeah, so, so back to the Boy Kisses Will Smith thing, like, so we worked there for a little while. He got brought on by J.F. Harris, who's a comic, who you might know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like I said to somebody else, nice dude. <laughs> um, uh, it's uh, okay brought- that you've only called the nice dudes nice dudes. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you're right. You're right. It's, I just wish I had more details, but I mean, I don't. Yeah, you should just also reference one or two monsters. Yeah, absolutely. Real pieces <laughs> so we know- of shit. Yeah, name names, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, uh, no, and then Turner asked me to come help on like a short term basis. Neither of us were, it was like really kind of like, uh, they were still like kind of building what it was they wanted to be, like basically just Uh a bunch of money from investors and to spend, but they didn't really know what they wanted, like the higher ups. So, um, so I left after, uh, two months to go back to Lionsgate and he stayed on. So now he works there and he's like a senior producer and a big deal. And he's like throwing me a bunch of work, which is great. 
Um, and then I went from uh, working in uh, game uh, or working in video games at Lionsgate with like licensing and stuff to being a PA on a couple of HBO shows. Uh, and then I got to be an office uh, production an office manager in a post-production facility. Uh, and then I got a job uh, as an associate producer at NBC's digital lab where we didn't really do anything. It was mostly just like, I mean, it was a- it Nothing was, ended up on the Peacock? <laughs> no, nothing. We pitched stuff to Peacock, but nothing. Mm. I pitched uh, I pitched Jurassic Park customer service, which I thought would be great, you know, like because yeah, Universal, awesome. yeah, Universal owns NBC, and it's like a mm -hmm. peacock. Series. It's just like the like, what if you had, uh, you know, The Office, but it was for people who worked customer service at Jurassic Park, right? You don't think that would be? No, I, I got it immediately, and I think Jurassic Park customer service sounds great. I don't know what to do. I mean, it's technically yeah, I don't know what to I don't know what to do with that, but there you have it. But no, we made Snapchat shows. Um, because uh, well, yeah, it'd be great. Like, I've been thinking about the paperwork and stuff, you know, like, oh, totally. Hey, Absolutely. this kid complained. Right. So, like, we got to put down this velociraptor or. Well, like, did he do his paperwork? Well, he doesn't have his hands because of what happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that's, yeah, we got to have budget. I keep saying spare no expense. Like, you know, it's just really, yeah, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it writes itself. You know? Yeah, it really does. Once it gets picked up, and if I get, you know, when I get made showrunner, you're, you're on the staff. Oh, thank you so much. That's My the whole point of this whole podcast. You. Absolutely. Networking. This whole podcast should be called, Can You Give Me a Job Later? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how, but that's how it all works. Like every job, I mean, even the job I'm working now, I made, or I got, thankfully, through a friend I met at another thing. And, but they were, but I met them through another friend that I met, like the roommate. Dude, that's literally just how Hollywood works. It's, it's infuriating. It's so stupid and I hate it. I mean, I love it, but also it's like, but it's not a meritocracy, you know, because it's mm -hmm. like, um because i have a friend it's a bit like, of both because you do have to spend the time in the weeds before you are able to work yourself into the mix yeah absolutely and so it's kind of how we work out the problem people yeah that is true or like but but then again it's like i don't know i'm both like comforted and frustrated by the by i mean i'm sure of you as you've seen but like there's some like very successful people like very wealthy people who mm -hmm. are like truly despicable human beings who don't know how to like even act correctly in a restaurant or of course. people people who uh you know uh, can barely you know uh, uh feed themselves without an assistant um i mean not like not because they're infirm but because they're like wealthy and it's poisoned their brains um or uh uh you know just power has poisoned their brains yeah yeah i think that's probably what it is like to see a yeah. to, like command people around like um, yeah exactly like now that i can command people why would i take out my own trash right exactly like i don't know you made it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely like it blows people's minds like um mm -hmm. uh uh yeah i mean but there's like i mean but there's a ton of talent people who like i mean ever since the pandemic and stuff they've had to like move home like i think like who who really struck me? Uh, Harry Mraz? Is that how you pronounce his last name? I don't know who that is. Okay, there's a comic out here. There's a few comics out here that I've seen uh, on Instagram who've been like, I you know I have to pack up my shit and like move home for a while until the pandemic clears up. Uh, but these are like some of the funniest. Like I don't know, I've seen a lot of extremely funny comics out here who I've been like, they're gonna be a fucking situation. <laughs> like, oh, I feel so awful. I just looked up Harry and I know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we probably haven't seen mm -hmm. him and I mean, we have none of us have seen any of each other in like almost a year now. Yeah, since, yeah, like, he's great. Yeah. He's very, very funny. Extremely funny. But he's out of yeah. the city. And the same with like uh uh yeah, and a bunch of like store people, you know, suffer the same thing. Okay, so here's the dumb part. Please. His last name is pronounced Morose and okay. I don't know how I didn't connect that. 
It's, I, might have... I fully apologize. Harry and I have done like a hundred shows together and he's blown me out of the water in each and every single one I've ever done. He's so funny. Um, yeah, he's, he's so great. Tall. Yeah, yeah, He's also like built like Captain America too, which is great. Yeah, which is weird. It is. It's weird when you're like funny and also like in good shape. It's like pick a lane, you know what I mean? Like it's- Yeah, because it like as if people can't make fun of each other at the gym and get better at it. Yeah, You know, true. like- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's um, not a bro funny either. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm no, going to no. pick on you while I'm in this excellent weird shape. Right. It's just like, oh, no, I'm just really funny. And it's like bizarre that if you ever see like my arms move at a certain angle, but you see that it's just only muscle and skeleton. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, God bless him. I think, uh, yeah, fuck. Same. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, oh, uh, so I don't know if he moved, but yeah, there's a lot of people. And in fact, I'm not going to name any names because I know people are embarrassed by some of this stuff. Oh, I was talking to a friend yesterday and mm-hmm. he mentioned he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm back in Maryland. And I was like, oh, had no idea, you know, like, and he was like, yeah, yeah, but I'll be back. And they're always like, I'll be back when things open. But many mm-hmm. people moved. Yeah. I mean, I'm really, I'm extraordinarily fortunate because we were, I mean, like, I've been working pretty consistently for the last year, which is nice. Um, uh, uh it counts as a flex now yeah it does i'm so sorry <laughs> i mean i've got i mean don't get me wrong i've like i've been collect, i mean I, I collected unemployment for two months after because the you know they just ended up shut the reason that that nbc thing died is because they just like they when they were cutting costs which was the last thing we wanted to have happened they actually started looking at what our department did and started discovering that we really didn't do much <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's good. That's the American dream. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah, that is my new dream. Like, I don't want to be, fam- I don't want to be famous. I want to do comedy. I just want to do nothing and get. Yeah, I want to not thing. do much. Yeah, absolutely. When I worked at nine one one, there was a lady named Pam, and I still am pretty sure she didn't do anything the entire time I worked there. Sure. And after I left, because when I worked there, I was so mad that Pam wouldn't do anything. And then I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I just got to be Pam at my next job. <laughs> she's happy. She's yeah. never bothered by stuff because she doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Was that 911 the show or the service? I was a 911 operator, the service. Oh, like for, like with the police? Uh, I did fire and medical. Okay, okay, right on. Well, that's important. You should you should not have. I don't want Pam in, in that position. That seems. <laughs> that Nobody seems, did, but yeah. she's there. You can't stop them. Jesus I had a friend Christ. that worked at NASA, and he goes, hey, we have a Pam over here. They're everywhere. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. not a job you can have where there's not somebody who doesn't do things, but it's better than them being out there on the street doing nothing with nothing around them. Right, you're like, okay. yeah, but, yeah, idle hands. Yeah, there's, there is always that person. I mean, although, uh, yeah, if you're lucky, you can be the boss. Like, one of the guys that I worked for who's, I mean, you know, lives in the Palisades, extremely wealthy, like, kind of, uh, like, maybe a member of the Illuminati, really some shady stuff uh but um yeah but he i like the illuminati oh yeah well he would show up for like about an hour a day uh and uh he would show up for an hour a day uh, like and then fiddle on his computer doing god knows what and then he would leave but he would usually spend some of the time yelling at one of us about something (laughs) Uh, that's my guy dude yeah absolutely like one time he had me one of my tasks he made me work a weekend to curate a list of like um uh, uh, of like uh, Blizzard entertainment figurines he didn't own yet, like like World of Warcraft paraphernalia, like yeah, I know exactly what Blizzard is. Yeah, okay, cool, right on, cool. I mean, I don't know. I like uh, 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 I once went to Disneyland during BlizzCon, and I'm like, why are all these orcs at Disneyland? Oh, sure, absolutely. 
Yeah, no, I just restarted my, I mean, I, I'm, I, I got Shadowlands and I reactivated my subscription. That's just, you know, I haven't played it since I hit max. Another level. flex. Yeah, right? No big deal. <laughs> yeah, I got to, yeah, I have an extra $12 a month left. Drianda, um, dude, I'm going to be totally honest. This was just an excuse to talk to Drew after seven years. He's t- he called me out in the beginning of the episode. It's been seven years since I talked to him. And he was one of my favorite people to talk to while waiting for like open mics and all these other things. And just great to talk to him again. I haven't talked to him in seven years. You know how that feels so upsetting to me because I really like Drew a lot. And there's no reason I shouldn't have talked to him throughout those whole seven years. We just didn't. But I'm happy to have him on now. Drew... Thank you very much for coming on doing the show. Had a great time talking to you. Guys, next week we have Mr. Chris Rubio. Chris Rubio's, um, he's unfiltered. He's unfiltered, and I think he leans a little to the right. I don't know. We'll check it out. I, uh, after I recorded the episode, I was like, oh, I might get in trouble for some of the things he said. I don't know. You guys will have to listen next week and find out. Maybe I'm overreacting. Because I haven't gotten in trouble for anything I've said in any of these podcasts. And every now and then I think, oh no, I'm going to hear about this. Nothing. All I get are you guys being like, good show. Like, I don't get anybody being like, there was one episode. There was one episode. But that's that's a different circumstance. That was an episode that went up and the guy was like, I don't like the episode. Take it down. And I did. I went, you know what? Yeah, our friendship's worth more than a podcast. So I took it down. That's The one week we didn't have an episode was because of that. Sorry. That's, I'm rambling. Now I'm rambling. <laughs> Guys, um, we, have, we have a new president now, which I think means I'm uh, going to get health insurance again. Let's, let's see how that works. Okay, I'm, I'm rambling. Guys, I'm Aaron M. Marsh on everything. You can find me on everything at Aaron M. Marsh. You can find my Star Wars podcast, Is This The Way? Everywhere you can find this podcast. And I've greatly enjoyed it. We've now covered every episode of the show. We're going to go into further things like the history of the Darksaber. And, um, yeah, I think I've covered everything. I still have pins and stickers if you guys want those. Go ahead, hit me up. Send me the $10 on the Venmo and your address, and I'll just ship it. You know, like, because I'm back in lockdown, it's next day I ship it. Okay, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me.